This is Blake 7 in Character, the podcast that travels at Standard by 5 to seek out elements from the classic TV show. We'll be taking a look at the one-off characters, and occasionally the not-so-one-offs. Who they are, what we think, the actor's backstory, and anything else that occurs to us as we waffle away. So, stand by to teleport, for this is going to be spoiler-heavy, so it's advisable that you watch the story first. Well, hello and welcome to our latest special. Usually our specials are a bit of fun, an audio commentary here or uh, putting an Ian on the spot there or a quiz somewhere else. But uh, no, it's rather a sad uh, a sad occasion uh, that's brought us back, isn't it? It is, yes. Um, although we're going to try and celebrate uh, the life of, uh, uh, of Chris, um, we are also here to, uh, to lament the passing of another another sort of big name in the world of Blake 7 yeah too many just lately you know yes yeah it's um, you, you start to become aware of uh, uh, of your mortality when all your childhood heroes yep start e- to go one by one either in front of the camera yeah. or, or behind, behind the yeah. camera and um, Chris Boucher I, I, I feel particularly for because of uh, because of course he he was there right from the get go as script editor yeah. wasn't he and and popular belief is an awful lot of Terry Nation's scripts were tweaked or embellished or or what whatever by Chris and and by all accounts particularly in the case of Avon um, an awful lot of the very very memorable dialogue yes is Mr. Well, I- Boucher yeah, I, I think we because there's not quite as much on the making of Blake Seven uh, as there is on the making of Doc Two, but I think we can sort of we can piece stuff together, uh, and we know that Terry Nation was a, a really good quick idea man, but a fairly hack writer, and I don't mean hack in a a derogatory sense, like because a hack writer much like Terence Dix, they can they can craft ideas, stories, sell stuff, very knock quickly. stuff out very quickly, quick turnaround. But they do tend to A reuse ideas, which you know, that's fair enough. Termination especially was, you know, when he hit a formula that worked, he didn't want to change it. But also we know from his Doc 2 work that Terry Nation's dialogue wasn't great no he was very much uh, stuck in the 1950s sort of sci-fi era um, none of it was what you would call sort of super memorable and all, all the good bits of his scripts generally was the result of a script editor and so I think we can apply that to Blake 7 because um, especially you read sort of Terry Nation's character breakdown, because like Terry Nation himself said didn't he, that he came up with the name and then quickly came up in a meeting with the idea, and I, I got a feeling he it's always thought of as Terry Nation's Blake 7 but I think equally you could say it's uh, Chris Butcher's Blake 7 Yeah, you know, and especially I like say all the, all the memorable dialogue I think has the 
the hallmarks of Chris's work rather than Terry's work. Yeah, I know. The memorable one-liners, the really clever witticisms. Um, it, it all, if you look at a, a Chris script, it all has that in it. So I don't see why we this wouldn't be attributable to him. Yeah when he was script editing. Because that has a knock-on effect as well, because if you have, as you say, you know, a script that has got witty, clever lines in it, the actors are going to respond to that, yes, saying yeah. these lines, you know. We, we've seen it time and again, haven't we? You can, you can almost tell when the actors are bored mm. by a script and they're just going through the motions versus ones where they they relish it, they, you know, they they get the they get to grips with it and they try and you know they run with it and it just it elevates everything. A good script, good lines make you know even the poorest of actor a bit better. And they can take great actors like we had in Blake Seven, and, and you know and really you know raise the the lid on it. Um, and I think that's what we've got, isn't it? And it's also you can see that. It gives if you've got a good script editor and a good constant script editor. There's a reason why the, usually the producer and a script editor on BBC shows are fixed, and it's because it gives you a continuity. You know, so a job in writer will come in whether they'll be given an outline or they'll suggest something. Normally, they're given an outline. They're then sent away to do a spec script, which is usually a like a, a you know a four-page outline. There's no detail in it, and then if it's good enough, they're then hired to produce a script. And then it comes back and a script editor will work with the, the writer. And sometimes there's no time for that. So the script editor has carte blanche to amend the script. Most writers happily take it. Some of them might want their name taken off or they use a pseudonym. Um, but the script editor is almost the, the heart and soul of a production. Um, and again, you can see it in Doc 2. You can see when you had someone like uh, um, you know, David Whittaker at the beginning you know, pushed it and it was a, a vibrant, exciting program versus someone, you know, um, like Christopher Bidmead, who was very much a uh, the science should drive it, so we ended up with very, very dull mm -hmm. seasons. And yeah, they're they're the they're they're the heart and soul, I think. If if Terry Nation is the mother of Blake Seven, I think Chris would be well, if Terry Nation was the father of Blake Seven, I think Chris would be the mother, and he's put in the yeah. he's put in the the emotion into it, into yeah. the, the bare bones. And and he he's gone now, so we will never yeah. know, you know, script by script, story by story, how yeah. much of a percentage. But I do believe that Blake Seven wouldn't be as fondly remembered now if you know Terry Nation wrote the scripts with very very little extra input or tweaking I think an awful lot of it is down to Chris I think so yeah um, but we'll never know and that's that, that, that's. and it is a collaborative show. you know even what we're saying there it's a collaborative effort I'm not saying Terry had no I'm not input. running Terry yeah. down at all no, no, but, it is. But, but, but it is a combined effort isn't it you know it is yeah yeah it, 100% and like I say you've only got to look at say a lot of Terry's writing for um, especially the like, sort of late sixties Dalek stuff when he wanted to try and spin it off to America, it's very Flash Gordon. Mm. Heroes are heroes with a square jaw. Uh, heroines are 
there to be saved by the hero and villains will twirl it. It's very much that, which is fine, but that's not what Blake Seven is. Blake Seven is just wonderful shades of grey. Yes. And I think I think Chris, Chris was the one mixing that black and white to make those lovely greys. Yeah. And you can see by the the, the 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 stories he wrote as a writer, that's shot through him, isn't it? It's it's morally ambiguous. It's clever. It makes you think. Yeah, it, I, I, I agree. I don't think we would we wouldn't be here celebrating Blake Seven. No. In the same way, we don't sit here celebrating the tripods. No, exactly. And no. who who's to say that without Chris's contribution, it might not have got to a third season? No. You know, no. let alone a fourth. Okay, so as you say, Chris, the writer, he he went on to become a writer for the show, yeah. and this is the main. Uh, this is the meat of today's special in that Ian and I are going to go we're going to list our top five stories that Chris did there were nine in all weren't there yes Um, so we're going to go from five to one we do this quite a bit on our Patreon page don't we we do the top five and go from five to one and just see where these stories are in our lists so um, yeah and 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 these are ones where, because the BBC had a policy at the time that a script editor should should only write, I think it was a, a maximum of three stories per season, because it was deemed as a, um, a you know, it, you you if you're a canny script editor, you could just hire yourself to write all the scripts. So there was there was rules around it. So I think the reason we got these nine was because. They needed it to happen, and that was the maximum we could. Because if you look at the rundown, it's like I think what two from season one, two from season two, three from season three, and two from season four. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to have seen four seasons of all Chris's work. Yes, blimey, that, that would be a thing. Yeah, that would that have been a thing of beauty, I think. Yes. Okay, so we're going to go from five to one. So, uh, would you like to let the listener know what your fifth n- choice number five is? Let me just uh, get my list, because uh, I, I wasn't prepared. Of course I wasn't prepared. Did you find it difficult yeah. to choose? I did. And I, put I them in the right it, order? I found it very difficult, because as you go through the list, you go, oh, I like that one. Oh, and then you go to the next one. Oh, I like that one. Yeah, oh, I, I, like, that. I like that one as well. So, this is... Normally, we go in no particular order... But this is, I've been thinking about this uh, since you mentioned it um, a couple of days back. And but it's moved about a little bit, but this is, this is sort of, I think, the list as if I was, if I was going, okay, I've got, I've got five hours to kill and I want to watch Blake 7 through all of it. These might be the episodes I would pick. So number five, uh, I've got a feeling it was our first our first Blake Seven in character, other than the I think I know pilot. what you're going to say. Yeah, do you know which one? Uh, big collars. Yeah, yeah, it's weapon. Oh, and, sorry. Yeah, sorry. sorry. <laughs> I broke up there a little bit. I think. Yeah, it was no, no, a no, clicking no. on the line. Yeah, it was weird. Um, um, I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm exactly the same. I've got weapon. Yeah, up, weapon. I've got weapon at five. Yeah, yeah. it I was. Mean, I, yeah. I, yeah, after. Because we went season one, two, three, four, didn't we? So our very yeah. first season two story was indeed 
uh, weapon. And I tell you what, you know, when we did that second episode, I knew we were onto a winner with Blake Seven in character, and I knew we, we, we had hit the right uh, balance and, and, and tone of the show yeah. with you coming up with the phrase, Koza the Poser. Yeah, I sort of yeah. One episode in, and uh, yeah, we're set in our ways. I I remember, um, I, I can't. I, th- I think I must have had a day off, and I had to go and pick Anne up from work, and I was early as I normally am. And I was sat in the car park, and I thought, oh, I'll listen to this because you had sent it to me. And I thought, oh, I'll have a listen to it. And yeah, I thought the same. I thought, do you know what? This is not a bad formula. If yeah. I if I wasn't recording this, I probably would listen to it. Um, because I, I think the, fir- the first episode we did was more of a, a, a history of Blake 7. And this was the first one where we actually hit the... You can talk about just one character. Yeah. And, and we still, did, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, oh God, and... we did, yeah. I mean, it wasn't, that was like some mad long episode as well, wasn't it? It was. And, yeah. you know, Chris it was very good at creating very, very mem- memorable characters, you know. And Koza yeah. and Rochelle... Um, um, really are. I mean, you know, you, you mentioned yeah. weapon. Yeah, you you remember the outlandish outfits. Um, um, it isn't it the very first introduction to Travis Mark Two is. It weapon, is, yes. isn't it? Yeah, so you've right, got yeah. that going for it as well. Yep. Um, it's funny. All my five. I'm looking at my list of my five, and, yep. and this is a testament to Chris's writing. It, uh, ones I really these were like my top five. That I would listen to on my, you know, C90 cassettes. Oh right, okay. And I listen to Weapon because, over and over yeah. again. Yeah, because again, it's the strength of the script. Yes. Not the visuals. We can, yeah, we can all go, ah, oh, it's colours and after visuals. But this is, it's compelling. I mean, especially when we 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 rewatched it, um, and you know, you've got this man on the edge, Cozier, uh, and Cozier, and. Um, the the impact gun it's really clever sci- again really good sci-fi idea yeah. thought provoking um, and then of course the uh, psycho strategist which is is an idea I think we both said we would have loved if they'd have run with that yes or you if know. Big Finish did a series yeah. on Carnell yeah I mean yeah that, that, there you go there's three characters yeah. in one story yeah we got three characters that. Each would be memorable in one whole season, and Chris has gotten bang, bang, bang in one script. And Serverland, and yep. Travis Mark II, and yep. all the Liberator uh, crew, yeah. Yeah, and the dialogue sparkles through this one as well. I mean, I, I just love some of uh, Travis's lines. And again, this could have been, because like you say, it's the first reappearance of Travis, and it's a different actor. This could have been the episode where, and I know perhaps for a lot of people it did, where they go, Ah, oh, they've jumped the shark. This is Ted. You know, what I mean? but it's not. It's handled so well. They don't try and play it the same. Serverland's got some great stuff. You got the um, the Clone Masters yes, idea. We- There's so many ideas in this that you could you could almost get a couple of episodes out of each of them. It's a shame no writer yeah. after Weapon yeah. decided I'm going to do a story about the Clone Masters. Yeah, I'd love to have seen more of them. Other than oh, they they died in the war. <laughs> we yes. get one line. Don't yeah, Serverland says since the untimely yeah. demise of the yeah. Clone Masters, and that's it. A, a, a good concept just completely thrown yeah, away. Yeah, completely thrown away. Um, yeah, the episode has some direction faults and I think we all laugh at the standstill so they can be fired at by Imapak yeah. at the same and place 
also yeah. listening to it on audio, I had forgotten about the the, the, the awful monster claw that yes. comes through the yeah. door. Um, and I think this was our very first talking about the Ford Cortina of space. Yes, that's was, true. Um, yeah, yeah. Coza's right. a ship which blows up at the beginning. So yeah, yeah, a lot of stuff going on in in that story. Yes, yeah, it, it's packed to the gills with interesting ideas, fantastic characters. Um, yeah, it's a really enjoyable story. Um, and the fact that that's only number five yeah. in our list, yeah. um, it would win any other list. But yeah, and again, I I refer the honourable listener to our podcast of how many years ago was that? Oh, God, blimey. I don't we know. We were young and we've done a Yeah, we, we've done a lot of shows since then. Yeah. It, it is all, all our products, all our, everything we've ever recorded and put out is on the Neozaz homepage and also on iTunes. Yes. Um, and isn't, aren't we on Audible? I think we're on, we Audible, on Audible as well. Yes. 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 I think there's there's two episodes of Blake Seven and Character that are not on Audible, and I imagine that must be for some sort of copyright reason. Perhaps oh, it's did a we character. Play a bit yes. of music in there. Uh, it could be something like that. But yeah, other than that, I think 98 of the episodes are available there on Audible. Go. Yeah. Which I was quite surprised. I, I came across it, I think, while fiddling about. <laughs> Or you did, and then I remember seeing it, and I, that was like, oh, I'm proud now. I'm on Audible. Yeah, we're on Audible. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Oak. So that's five. What's your number four? Uh, so my number four, possibly not everyone's cup of tea. This, but I, I think it's the my most watched episode of this season. Um, I thoroughly enjoy it, even though I like saying. Can I guess like what it. it is? Go on, give it, give it a go. Is it trial? No, it's not. No, it's no. not. Okay, Ooh. all right. No, it, it's um, it's rescue. Is it? Yeah. Um, because when when the VHSs came out, and I was buying them each, I think two came out every month, didn't it, or something? Yes. You had, so you had four episodes of wonderfulness each month, and I'd sit and watch them. Then it got to season four because they were releasing them in order. And it's like, I remember watching Rescue, going, oh, excellent, great, it's better than I remembered. And then it wasn't. Um, and I used to watch Rescue quite a bit, and I think it it works. Terminal Rescue uh, is a good little double bill. Yes. A good little double bill to watch. Um, and I think the reason is because Chris is doing the script, he's writing the story, so it's very much... Blake as we remember it whereas I think most of season 4 wasn't mm. um, but again chock full of good ideas so you've got uh, uh, the, the gestalt creature, life essences all good solid sci-fi concepts you've got interesting characters in um, Sulin and uh, Dorian, Dorian. Yeah. Uh, you've got the fact that it's, which I know a lot of people didn't get for a long time, is that it's a pastiche of picture of Dorian Gray. So yeah. you've got that nice reference. It's chock full of great Chris stuff. Um, it tends to get lost, I think, in in a lot of um, rewatches, as as season four probably deserves to. Um, I don't know whether he came up with the idea of Sulin or whether that was just he had to introduce her because she doesn't get a lot to do in this. Well, Callie was going to survive, wasn't she? Yes. So... Yeah. Um, so I'm not again. I'm not sure who came up with Sulin, but if if he did, then then another great strong female character. Um, and what I love about his, like with Leela as well, he at no point 
at no point do you think this guy can't write for females. You know what I mean? They're not mm. just they're not just men in a dress yeah. speaking. Um, so yeah, I number four for me is Rescue. I'll happily sit and watch it. Do you think? I, I I've got a feeling that. Um, and it wouldn't have been a very good task for Chris that he was told you've got to get a teleport system back you've got yeah. to get a yeah. computer a talking computer back on a ship and that can't have been easy no I think 100% that's what it was a shopping list script yeah we've got we've got to get them back with a ship we've got to get them back with a Zen character but it can't be too much like Zen we've got to replace Callie because we're losing her so we want another female character in you go oh yeah they've got to have a teleport and I can just imagine Chris sat there like going what how am I going to do this but the fact that he does it all and while you're watching it, you're not conscious that they're just resetting the universe back to where it was. Mm. By the end of the episode, it's like, okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well done, we're back. Because it never feels contrived or forced. No. Even the, the most contrived part, which is where they just happen to stumble across someone that's built a teleport, whereas no one has it. Even that's handled because of this wonderful idea that, that Dorian has lived so long Mm. And he's failed. I like him. my my favorite thing is where he said he said this is my thirty eighth attempt or something. Yes, yeah. And, Starting and Avon, from scratch. Yeah, Avon sort of can't doesn't believe him. It's like conservatively that would be several hundred years. And he's like, oh oh at least it's great sparkling. Mm. Okay, very good choice. Um, but it's not my number four. No. Does it appear in your number top five? No, it doesn't. I, I didn't think it would. I knew no, when doesn't. we discussed it, you weren't. And this is the thing. Yeah. I've got four here that I'm not going to mention, but they're all yeah. cracking stories, Yeah. but I prefer others. No, um, which, which leads me to my number four, which is going to be a controversial choice oh. uh, for some folk. Um, it's Blake. Well, that, that almost made it, but I... It sort of... It lacks something for me. Um... And I don't know again whether this is a um, a list script where it's like we've got to finish the story, so you've got to do this, you've got to do that, you've got to do this. Um, but no, so, so what about Blake? Do you enjoy the ending? No, see, to... this is the thing. I, I it, it, it's it's a fantastic story. You know, yeah. the dialogue is very good. Everyone's you know very good in it. Gareth Thomas is brilliant in it. But when I watch it, and, and, I, and I do enjoy it, I mean, that's why it's on my list over yeah. some of the others, but um, I'm just tinged with that memory from 81 of this is the end of yeah. this show that I've adored and my friends are gone now. And the, we mentioned it when we talked about the Blake episode. Blake is such an idiot just through a yeah. simple misunderstanding. If he didn't have to do that stupid bounty hunter routine... None of that would have happened, would it? No. I wonder how much was, again, we'll never know, how much was forced onto the script. Because the fact that, that um, uh, Monkey in it, he says, uh, why are we doing this? It doesn't make any it, sense. Yeah, you don't I almost have to take feel, these risks. Yeah, I almost feel Chris is throwing that in because it's like, this doesn't make sense much. Um, no, I. When 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 I had the VHSs, I would always generally skip from Rescue. Might watch Headhunter, enjoy Headhunter, mm. straight to Blake. Mm. That was season four yeah, for me. Yeah. A, a best three episodes. Um, I think it's a good solid story, 
Um, I think it's more a series of memorable events than a, an actual Yeah, there's set story. pieces. Yeah. You know, you think about individual bits, and you go, oh, that's brilliant. But I just don't, for me, it doesn't quite hold up as a, uh, a story. I do don't you, think. Do you know that, that there is one scene in it, apart from the end, you know, which is just astonishing, but there is one scene in it which, you know, puts it on my list above others, yeah. and that is at the beginning when Avon is saying, anyone can be a hero, you know, da, 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 and, you know blah, 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 and ending with Villa saying, it's Blake, isn't it? You think yeah. you found Blake. And that, that is a fantastic scene. I love that scene. Yeah. Well, most just looking down the list of um, of uh, episodes that he wrote, they are all pretty good for Villa. Yeah, I think Villa he liked out, Villa, okay. didn't yeah, he? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and Avon, Villa, the Everyman. Yeah, Avon comes out good in pretty much everything, doesn't he? But well, you but, know, yeah, they're strong Villa episodes, aren't they? Yeah, Paul Darrow and Chris, they were um, big Western fans, weren't yes, they? I think I think yeah. Chris has got an awful lot to do with encouraging Paul Darrow to do the whole fanning bit. Yeah. Wouldn't it be amazing if Chris had come up with Fanning? If somewhere in one of the early scripts it says uh, Avon fans his gun. Yeah, 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 yeah. That would be amazing. And Paul Darrow went off and ran with it in that strange sideways run that he would do. You want Fanning, mate? (laughs) I'm there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so that's my five. uh, Sorry, number four. What's your number three, then? Number three, talking of strong villain episodes. Possibly the strongest villain one. Certainly that's Fanning for you. Um, this is the dangerously close to Star Trek episode title, <laughs> uh, City at the Edge of the World. Okie doke, yeah, yeah. That is one that I would just play endlessly yes. on the C90. Yeah, and it, yeah. yeah, it's a, it's, I mean, we, we've talked about, we've just said, you know, uh, it must have been difficult for Chris, you know, he writes Rescue, yeah, you've got to have a teleport, you've got to have a new yeah. ship, you've got to have a new, you know, uh, computer, you got to put these things in. With Blake, he was encumbered with the Gareth Thomas. Yeah, I'll do it, but I must be killed off. I must be seen to be dead. Yeah. So he's got to start from that point. City at the edge of the world, far more positive. This was Michael Keating. His daughter thought he was yeah. thought Villa was a loser. Can't you ever win the girl ever and be the hero for once? And that was his jump-off point for this yeah, story, which wasn't is, it? It's great, isn't it, that an actor would go to a writer, and the writer would. You know, they'd come up and go, "Yeah, I'll write you. I'll write you a script where you, you're the hero." That's that's wonderful. That's such a nice thing, um, and it's all the stronger for it. Yeah, it and and we we talk about the wonderful characters that that Chris created. Can I just say, Baben? He's he's got to be top. He's out got of all to the be Chris Belchers. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we've got Koza, haven't we? And we've got yeah. Carnell, haven't we? In yeah. in in Weapon. We've got, um, uh, is it Dieter? No, not Dieter. Dieter, yeah. No, 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 no. In, in, no, no, in Blake. In Blake. Oh, yes. Um, um, uh, you know, Monkey. Yeah. Um, and, of course, we've got Sulin and Dorian yeah. in, in Rescue. Super but, strong characters. But Baben yeah. straddles <laughs> straddles all of them. Yes. And, and you've, got, you've got a superbly written part like Baben and the perfect actor in yeah. Colin Baker to play it. And he just again just we when you said earlier that an actor when they get a good part would invigorate them. Yeah, and I think that's and this exactly certainly what... happened. Yeah, um, but he, even um, uh, the uh, the girl from Fen Street, 
that's that's quite an again a nice strong female part. Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, yeah, it's because it's, it's a very small cast in this, isn't it, of actual speaking parts. Yeah. But everyone's really good, um, and the dialogue when Taron is bullying Villa. Yes. It's still some of the strong. I think that's one of the strongest scenes in the whole of Blake Seven, with Villa's um, "You're you're not even unusual." Yeah. To tell it's the it's the best put down ever. And it's, then it's followed by Avon brilliant. putting down yeah. Tarrant, leave him alone. Yeah. You know, you know, um, um, you know. Talented pilots are commonplace. Talented yeah. thieves are rare. You know. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's amazing the emotional punch that Chris's episodes have. Because he he knew these characters, he obviously loved these characters. He he never let them down. Mm. But this is yeah, this is definitely just. I think I think the strongest Villa episode. Oh yeah, it's got some of the best scenes in it. It's a really good Tarrant episode. Um, it's a great Avon episode. It's it's the I know it's the only Baben episode, but by God, it's the best Baben episode. Um, and I think it features on a lot of people's top episode lists whether it's whoever wrote them yes yeah okay no uh my number three is from season three um and that is rumors of death oh right is my number three because fantastic uh script delivered brilliantly again i think paul darrow jacqueline pierce they were uh, up in their game to match the quality of the script weren't they well yeah i mean um, Jacqueline Pierce and the uh, the wall scene. Yeah, it's an old wall. It waits. It's brilliant. It's superb. My own, my only the only reason this didn't get into my top five is because it, to me it's a game of two halves, and you've got the enjoyable but slightly pointless uh, Federation guards. In Major Gren Lee. That's it, yeah. Who I, I enjoy, but it's almost like two stories. I would much rather have had a whole story serious about the culmination of the the Avon story with Anna Grant. Yeah. Um, but what we do get is just amazing. And again, one of the most quoted scripts. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. Know, if you see a meme or a bit of artwork or a badge, it's probably going to have a line from this in, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And another very uh, memorable character in Shrinker. Shrinker, yes. We get um, Shrinker as well, don't we? Yeah. I, I, if I like, lose any more hair, I think I can cosplay a Shrinker. <laughs> I'll borrow your bell staff. At the I've next the uh, maximum power. Yeah, I think there you go. You, yeah, you can be Shrinker, shrinker all right. <laughs> if, I, if only I was Shrinking. Um... Yeah, a great character. And again, um, different layers. Because you end up feeling sorry for basically, a, you know, uh, an a SS sadist. or Gestapo officer. Yeah. yeah. You know, when Tarrant's having a go at him, and, and Callie is the one to say, stop it. Yeah. He knew his characters, didn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's my number three. Um, I, so that's weird. None of. We've not had the same episodes. Oh, number five we agreed on. Oh, that was true. Yes, yeah, you're right. I thought we would be a bit more... Inter- yes, yeah, so did Perhaps I. we are with these final two. Yeah. So I'm I'm happy to say that these next two 
could appear in either either way round. Right. And it's for purely not necessarily script things, but for purely personal reasons they're in this order. But my number two is Star One. Star One, okay. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Which I, I think is is a great piece of drama. Not not even that it's great Blake Seven, I think it's a great bit of drama. It's again got so many standout moments, some great characters, and that episode ending. For me, that the Star One ending is hits me more than the ending of Blake does. Yes. I think. Yeah. Um, what a way. I mean that was how the show was meant to finish. Yeah. And if it had and finished what a way for it to go two, out that would have like been that. Amazing. Oh my god. And also again, um, this fundamental understanding of the relationship between Blake and Avon. You know, and and the fact that they didn't see eye to eye, they didn't really understand each other, but luckily Chris did. Yeah. Um, the culmination of of uh, Travis's storyline, in a, in a way that is satisfactory. What you mean, and, going down the plug hole? Well, the fact that he sold out the whole of humanity. <laughs> I think that's just brilliant. It's like, you know, yeah, yeah, I, I can see him doing that. Yeah, the plug hole scene again. The visuals come second to the script. Worked brilliantly on C90, yeah. though. It it does, yeah, I imagine, yeah. That's the format they should have released it on. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And it's Blu-ray, DVD rubbish, C90s. Um, yeah, it, and it's got, again, some great one-liners from Avon and, and others. You know, they'd be difficult to love. <laughs> this yeah. is superb. Um, I'll happily watch Star One repeatedly. Very nicely put. Yeah. Uh, for my number two, I'll go back to your number three, City at the uh, at the Edge, yeah, right. dot, dot, dot. Yeah, um, fantastic. Everything you said, you know, um, I wore this tape out. I just listened yeah, to it over and over again. And Baben is just an astonishing character. And it's just so funny, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, you must be Villa. Really? It is an honour, yeah. sir. Oh, the honour's mine. That's what I meant. Yeah. And... <laughs> um, um, Babens, um, babe. My mother said she used to call me. Yes, babe. I had a mother. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's yeah, it's just it's perfection. But what what's great is it's it's funny in the right places because it's it's witty. You know what I mean? It's not slapstick or anything like that. It's witty dialogue, believable witty dialogue, which is again another great skill that a lot of writers don't have. But also, it's poignant. It turns on a sixpence. Yeah. It plays with your emotions. You know. I was going to say Chris Boucher was a master fiddler. He's playing. <laughs> he's playing the chip, but that sounds wrong. But yeah, it. It's a. It's a. It's a great script. Yes, indeed. All right. Here we go then. Number ones. Number one, so you can probably guess mine. I don't know. I think I know what it is. Yeah. But I'm looking this, at this, all the other ones that you have. Well, let's, let's, I'll say this has one section that sums up both I know what it my is, favourite then. character and the Federation. This is Trial. It is Trial, yes. And you're talking um, about Trooper Parr and Travis. Yep, yep. It's the, Again, it's a game of two halves, and I know I was a bit rough on... Um, um, one of your choices because it was two halves in Blake. Uh, no, was it Blake? Whatever, whichever yeah, one it Blake. was, I yeah. think it was Blake. Um, 
this is a game of tough, so I can happily fast forward all the zill bits. Mm. I have I have serious doubts that that was Chris Butcher's work. I, it's terrible that I've now pronounced his name about eight different ways. We know who you're talking about. We know who you mean, yeah. Butcher, Boucher, Butcher, um, Chrissy Boy, Chrissy Baby. Um, yeah, this I love it because the Travis parts and, and most of the Blake Liberator stuff is superb. And you've got one of my favourite, if not, I think, other than Babin, my favourite non-main cast character, which is Trooper Parr. Yeah. And this sums up, to me, this shows the human face of the Federation in that a lot of the troopers are just normal people, yeah. which makes horrific the amount that get killed, makes you think about that. Then you've got um, Travis when he, you know, when he's questioned and he basically says, I'm a product of my training. Yeah. I'm exactly what you wanted. It's superb. That, it's like something from the, the Nuremberg recordings of the mm. Nazi trials. Um, it's the ultimate, I was just following orders. And then the hypocrisy of the the judges just shines through. It's it, it's just it's amazing, um, and I think this is other than other than uh, the way back. I think is this this is only the we only get two courtroom style dramas in Blake's. Really? Yeah. 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 When you think like something like Star Trek, every other week would be a a courtroom drama yeah. of one sort or another. It, it, it's a format that really lends itself to science fiction ideas, and this I think is one of the best courtroom dramas going. Um, I, it's a great performance from Brian Croucher. Again, given a given a meaty bit of scripting, rises to the occasion. Um, and it's like I say, stuff with Trooper Power is just wonderful. Um, we get some interesting subsidiary characters in. in Star Killer General. Um, like I say the only thing that lets it down is Zill. Yeah, and and I think for that reason, that's why Trial's yeah. not on my list. Yeah. Because you have to get through the Zill bits to Pre get another bit of courtroom goodness. Yeah. Pre perhaps mine should be my top four and a half stories. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but no, it, it is a terrific Travis story, and yeah, you have the human face of the Federation troopers, um, brilliantly personified by. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, Trooper Parr, unlike his mate who can't, you know, bark orders yeah. or anything like oh, that. Oh, God, that's embarrassing, yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah, Trial's not my number one. My number one was your number two, which is Star One. Oh, right. I, you know, and I, I, I quite happily would reverse my one and two. Yes. I think they're interchangeable. There's a gnats between them. Yeah. But, yeah, Star One... Star One is not only my favourite Chris story, it's my favourite story of Blake Seven yep. out of yep. all of them. Um, yeah, I did wear, wear this one out. I I actually have ripped the audio of um, uh, uh, quite a few stories, and I have it on my iPod, so I'm still listening. No, still listening to it. But, but on, a, on an MP3 I bet that file. Fleet is uh, more impressive. Yeah. yeah, the Enfleet is more impressive on your C9. Yeah, it, it was a bit of a revelation when I finally got around to rewatching yeah. it in the video era. But no, I can put that on a loop, Star yeah. One, and just not be bored with it at any point. I, I love the story dearly, and as you say, what a way to go out. But uh, even... I, yeah, I almost cry every time I watch it yeah. at the end. Not not, not because it scares me, but the, the, the emotional kick of that final 
word. Yeah. But that, you good. say emotional kick. There's two more emotional kicks in that story for me. One is when Avon says to Blake near the start, if we get do this, if we get star one, yeah, I'll take true. you back to Earth. And then the liberator is mine. Yeah. And, you know, he says, I want to be free. But you are free now, Avon. I want to be free of him. You. you go. Yeah. It's, it's great. It's the vitriol that's given in that dialogue. Yeah. I didn't realise you really yeah. do hate me, you know. Yeah. And then the calm way Avon goes, um, you know, I'll take you back, blah, blah, blah. And then the other emotional kick is right near the end, just before the fire, when Blake says, for what it's worth, I've always yeah. trusted you, Avon. And it's that look Paul Darrow gives, you know. Yeah. It is heavily emotional stuff when you... It really is, yeah. It. It's... Because we, we often get... How many how many shows do we get to the final episode and it's a letdown? Mm. Like you say, if this had been the final episode, we would still be would, speculating yeah, still now. Be what happened? Yeah. What would have happened? Because what happens is this Andromedian War went from like a small battle became like you know weeks long, yeah. months long thing, and and uh, yeah, but and yeah, what we did see of the battle at the beginning of season three was just stock footage from the show with it added uh, laser yeah. effects stuck on not how you would actually have imagined it if you never did get to see a season no. three and again it's the it's the wonderful sort of ironic which they mention in it that the uh, these the ultimate rebels are fighting to protect the federation yeah yeah it's, it's great this this would this would be the episode i think you could make into a feature film mm. I mean, you could add a bit at the end, a bit of the way back at the beginning. So you could make this into a really good feature film. Um, yeah, it it is. And like I said before, um, trial, uh, trial is my number one for because I'm a huge Travis fan. Um, but these are interchangeable. So yeah, I would, I think Star One realistically has the edge because it's perfect throughout. Mm. Do you think um, Star One would have been proved if they'd have taken Zill on and become one of the crew and he was flitting about, sticking his tongue out during the big battle at the end? Do you think that would have helped? We'll never know, will we? We'll never know. We'll never know. So that's our top fives. Um, um, You know, Chris has uh, imprinted himself indelibly onto the show. Um, you know, he was there at the beginning. He was there literally at the end. He wrote the end. And didn't he say that, you know, if they ever had decided to go to a season five, um, I had thought of a way of bringing them yes. back. I guess yeah. we're never going to find out what no, that is now. You know, Anessin is, um, you know, in, in his uh, remaining documents, it comes out and Big Finish gets an eight-part series out of it. Um, no, we'll never know. But yeah, he. And uh, do you know what? I would love to know. And I think it would have worked. Whatever it was, it would have worked. Mm. He could have. He wouldn't have done the obvious. No, it? no, no way. Yeah. And I, I think that's that's shines through all of his work. Is yeah, he didn't do the obvious. Mm. That's yeah. a good way of summing him up. Yeah. Um, that's a really good way to end this. Ian. Yeah, yeah. He didn't do the obvious. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, what a shame. Yeah. yeah, it's a great, it's a great shame. Um, it, but the the guys given us so much enjoyment. Why don't we 
you know, as a, as a little tribute to to the man. Um, the next two audio commentaries we do, we do our, our number one choices. So we do trial and that's star a, one. That's a very, very good idea. Shall yes. we do that then? Yeah, let's do that. All right. Okay, well, that's it. That's it, listener. Um, yes. um, yeah, we're back. Shame it's back for, um, uh, as I say, not the uh, happiest of uh, reasons, but... Um, yeah, I hope you've enjoyed our little yeah. um, talk about Chris there. Yeah, let us know what your top fives are. Yeah, give us your top five. Yeah, reasoning. yeah. Looking at it, the only two we didn't discuss were Death Watch yeah. and Shadow. Um, yeah, Shadow is a weird one in that I don't. It it wasn't quite hadn't quite got there. It's quite a run of the mill story. Um, not it didn't feel favorite, very yeah. Doctor Who, did it? I, no, Blake it felt Blake more Seven. like a Doctor Who yeah, you, than a Blake I think Seven. We, we said at the time the we, could, we could have slotted uh, Tom Baker into it. Yes. Uh, very easily. And um, Death Watch, I think, didn't get in because of the strength of the other ones. Mm. In that it's, um, it should be an awful idea. Yeah, an, um, an, an android gunslinger. Yeah. yeah. Tarrant's brother just happens to look exactly like him uh, and the fact that it works and it's a thoroughly interesting episode mm. um, it, it is again shows the quality of uh, Chris's writing but it, I just don't think it matches the stuff we did no. you know, I think they're, they're by far those two Shadow and um, Death Watch are the weakest of the bunch but even that means they're head and shoulders above yeah, with great characters things, again, with yeah. Largo in one of them yeah. and Vinny in the other one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very good. Okay, all right. Well, thanks for uh, stopping by, folks. And uh, yeah, we'll be along soon with uh, an audio commentary. Yes. Um, all right. Let us know which one you want first. <laughs> yes, yeah, join us on the Facebook page. Yeah, yeah just let us know. Yeah, Brilliant. okay. Thank, thanks then, Ian. No problem. Thanks, Eric. See you then. Bye-bye. Thanks, Ian. Bye. Bye.